We would love to have, have Calvin back. The sky's the limit. He's only going to get better because uh, of the way he works. You know, when you love something as much as he loves football, you can't help but get better. Stepping up, stepping up, fires it deep downfield, wants Calvin Ridley. Calvin's out there, Calvin's got it. Five-yard line, into the end zone, touchdown. Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley for the score. Yeah, Josh will be a jingle. Young goes down again, and it's Josh Allen. Boy, they're starting to pin their ears back. Fourth sack for this Jacksonville defense. You got to take a competitive football team and turn it into a champion. That's that's not easy, but that's our job. You only get so many windows in this league, and and we feel like with the personnel that we have, and we'll continue to add. You know, our window, our windows now. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Let's fix your Jacksonville Jaguars today, huh? How about that? Good morning, Tony Smith. <laughs> we got all the answers in the next two hours. Yeah, I'm not sure how much we'll fix, but we'll at least point we'll at the put problems. put the blueprint yeah. out there. I'll, I could fix it. I mean, I, I think there's a pretty clear path to getting things fixed for the Jags, at least a lot of their top problems. You're not going to fix every problem. Mm-hmm. Guess what? The Chiefs have problems, right? They just overcame them. Sure. And they won, and it all gets washed away. So it's okay. You're, you don't have to be a flawless football team to be a deep championship contender. No. But right now, too many flaws for this football team. So anyway, uh, good morning, Pockets. How are you? We're good, man. We got a week away from a track, track meet, man. Yeah? Yeah. Are we fired up? I mean, is Baldwin any good at track? You got some fast kids. Uh, we some, got some kids. We you got, uh, you got some throwers of the javelin and things like that? Oh, uh, we got one thrower. Yeah? One decent one. We got a tough district, man. Do you? Yeah. District full of throwers? No, runners. Really. Ah. Reigns, Rebalt, Bishop Kenny, Episcopal, uh, West Nassau's in there. Missing one school. But, I mean, like a lot of those schools last year, they made it to state, so we got our work cut out for us. I had a buddy uh, who was really fast. Like, you know that guy you play with, Tony? You're like, yeah, this guy's really fast. I wonder how fast he actually is, Mm -hmm. you know? And he went to UCF, and he walked onto the track team as a sprinter. And his goal, and he accomplished it eventually, his goal was to not finish dead last in a meet, (laughs) in in a race. I've been there. You know, and I mean, look, you know, you think I'm pretty good. I'm pretty fast. I'm this, I'm that. I could play at the next level, whatever that level is. Not always. But he made it, you know, and he, uh, I guess he got the letter, so good for him, uh, you know, and uh, he did beat somebody. Um, <laughs> I would not want to have been that guy. Apparently, mm-hmm. there weren't too many of those. Uh, we've got a winner ourselves, Tony, for the Super yes. Bowl Jag Bag Contest. Um, I found it really interesting as I went through. I didn't add it up. I could, but I would say roughly 75% of the people that entered the contest picked San Francisco to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Not shocking that you could pick San Francisco to win the Super Bowl. It's just that, like, if you looked at the 1010XL graphic that we sent out, mm-hmm. we had to have how many people? on Close to 30 people on that, maybe? Yeah, something right? in there. Yeah. How, many, how do we have this many people employed at this radio station, first of all? <laughs> okay? Okay, can we get rid of some of the Johnny-come-latelys and give the rest of us more? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love everyone who works here. Uh, absolutely, 100%. But uh, I would say out of that whole group, like only four people picked San Francisco, right? You went to ESPN, and you look at their expert selections, their NFL insiders, mm-hmm. and I'd say it was about 
picking the Chiefs. Now, granted, this game was really close. Could have gone either way. It was just interesting to me. With that, I would have thought it would have been closer to uh, a 50-50 type proposition. So, anyway, um, here are the entries that got both predictions right. Remember, you had to pick which team would win, so eliminated all the San Francisco entries right off the top. You had then to make a prediction of something that would happen in the game. There were a lot of Kadarius Tony related predictions mm. in this game. You know, oh, you know, who's the outlier? Everyone's trying to guess who would score that outlier touchdown. Nobody guessed Miko Hardman. Um, did have some Justin Watsons. He didn't score. He could have gone with MVS, could have gone mm-hmm. with Juwan Jennings. I mm-hmm. uh, didn't have to go with that touchdown, but here are some of the ones. Uh, actually, the only four that got both predictions right. Uh, Kansas City to win from Rick, and at, uh, the KC kicker kicks at least one field goal and one extra point. Okay. okay. You know, uh, I, I, that's pretty low-hanging fruit, right? Yeah. It's not the same as just kicking a field goal. It's a little bit more difficult, but generally, yeah. most winning kickers are going to get one of each of those, I think. so. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one was a little bit more complicated. This is from Essa. Uh, Chiefs win Kelsey with four more catches. Pacheco rushes for over 50 yards. So, that, you know, you take that as one combined prediction. Mm-hmm. Kelsey does X, Pacheco does Y. But, and while that's a, a multiple kind of piece thing, I felt like, well, Kelsey would have been shocking not to have four or more catches. Yes. And I think Pache- his, I think the betting prop was Seven and a half? Was it seven? I thought it might have yeah. been six and a half. You're yeah. probably right. Yeah. I know the yardage was 72 and a half. Yeah. Um, and you could tease that up if you wanted to. And Pacheco's was 67 and a half or 66 and a half. It might have come down over the weekend. But either way, I felt like those were pretty easily attainable, but not bad. Uh, also had one Chiefs win. It's from Kevin. Mm-hmm. Kyle Juszczyk has over 25 all-purpose yards. Okay. That's not a given. No. Now, I thought this one stood out to me more than the other one, even though there were multiple uh, pieces to that. But I found it hard to go away from, ultimately, Chiefs win with a touchdown in overtime to win it. Right? I mean, it was 11-1 yeah. odds to go to overtime, just to go to overtime. Then if the Chiefs win, oh, they can win it on a field goal. Right? I, and certainly, you know, I, I think – Whatever the odds were for the Chiefs to win specifically with an overtime touchdown had to be longer than 11 to 1, or at least like 15 to 1. We we determined that was the uh, least likely one to happen. So David, who entered that, uh, will get the jag bag, which will finalize the details of what's in it once I get hold of McManus. And <laughs> well, well, all right. If it was 1-11 that the Super Bowl would go to overtime, what are the odds that McManus forgot totally about uh, – Grabbing something for the Jag bag. Unless he's listening now. Right, I think he's yeah. in the podcast yeah. studio right now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get you some goodies. I've got a, a Leftwich, a Byron Leftwich, Todd McFarlane uh, action figure, I guess you'd call it. Uh, I've got a Leonard Fournette Pop Funko. Got a collection of commemorative Jag soda bottles from the 1990s as well mm-hmm. uh, that's in there. You know, just a little bit of swag for your Jaguar collection. So, we appreciate everybody who uh, played along in the contest, and um, all of you who picked San Francisco made my life easy. I could just go delete, 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 yeah, delete, yeah, delete. Actually, yeah. I didn't delete them. I just uh, read them and just moved on to the next one. But mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Uh, today, Tone, we're going to try to fix the current state of your Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, we put out the Tuesday Top 5 yesterday, and it is basically the top five things the Jags need to get the, off their butts and do. 
this offseason, right? What are the the priorities in terms of whether it be personnel acquisition or anything else? Uh, here's how we wrote it. What are the top five issues the Jaguars have to address this offseason? So this is not just – doesn't have to just be got to go get a starting corner. I mean, that could be something that That's, you feel – Could be on the list. Absolutely on the yeah. list. Uh, it could also be um, – you know, something like uh, a renewed emphasis on tackling, mm-hmm. right? Could be so, like something like that. I mean, that, that's not something necessarily tangible that you can say, okay, we definitely accomplished that. You don't know that until the season plays out, but that's fair game mm-hmm. as well as far as that goes. So you can hit us up with your top five today. Uh, we send these out on Monday night now, you know, because it takes a little bit more time, maybe a little bit more effort to give yeah. us the full top five list. We appreciate all the folks who do. Some people give us one. Some people give us fire balky five times, not to be uh, unexpected. Right? I mean, I, like, I expect yeah. it at, still at this point. There, I'll reach a point where someone's going to suffer the wrath of I've just gotten too many fire balky texts and yeah. tweets, right? Like, and I get it. Now, you're you're totally valid opinion, title to that opinion. But I'm just warning you, one day, yeah. <laughs> someone's going to give me hashtag fire balky to something that has nothing to do with yeah. Trent Balky. And I may go back into the Twitter block pile. Stop the cap. It's not ground that hasn't been covered and is unproductive when we're discussing what the Jags need to do to get now, better. Now, look, if you want to throw fire balky into that's fine. I'm it's not, fine. Uh, you but know, it's it is like whatever. five right. times, like, okay, we get it. You don't want him You here. don't want Trent Ball. And by the way, it, that's not something they're going to do no. this offseason, right? No, but, if you wanted to put it at number one on your list and include four other things that they can address, okay. Sure, if you think that's something they need to address is the front office and the decision-making, it's valid. Yeah, I didn't put it on my list because I've made my position pretty clear on the balky thing. Right, we we would have moved on, but yeah. now that we're, it's not gonna. Ha- it's like it's like wasting one of your opportunities, yeah. kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like if you really could fix these, if you had three wishes, and uh, you know there there were only certain things you're able to well, do. I would with still them. only wish that once, right? If I had the three wishes, I hope you're. Would, would you? Can we just start out with the more wishes wish? By the way, right? So we yeah, know whether yeah. that thing took effect because that's everyone's last wish. I'd wish for another hundred wishes. Mm-hmm. Start with that one. So you know what you're working with here. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, what are your top five issues the Jags have to address this offseason? Uh, you can jump in and share those with us on the uh, Oprah Roofing phone lines at 641-1010. The text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at that same number. Hit us up on social media at MD underscore 1010XL at 1010XL Fat Tony or at 1010XL Denmark. Let's go racing, boys! This guy. I don't know. I don't know what's up with this guy lately, but uh, he's he's got that Daytona mood he's ready on for his NASCAR, mind. Yeah. Pockets, we have some kind of tickets to give away today. Did we you? do. I was going to throw it to it next uh, next segment. You tell us. Can can you throw to it now and tell uh, us? Oh, we now? can. We That'd got uh, great. we got a pair of tickets to see George Strait, Chris Stapleton, and Little Big Town live at Everbank Stadium on May 11th. If that, you want those tickets, call me up at six four one ten ten. That seems like a, a, a well, hold on now. Wait, whoa, whoa, don't call him up now. Okay. Okay, no, no. I just wanted you to let us know what the tickets are. That yeah, we're that's what they yet. are. Okay. <laughs> At some point, maybe we'll be calling up. To, we're not giving those tickets away yet, right? Okay. Just so we're all on the same page here. I'm just watching out of the corner of my eye to see these 
phone lines <laughs> lighting up. But that seems like a pretty big lineup yeah, that's right a, there. That's a lineup. So right here they go, yeah. and and here they go. So uh, call. We didn't say which call. It would be caller 1,172, <laughs> all right? So uh, you're all you early birds, uh, see, I, I all I wanted was to know what the tickets were. The little crossing of wires, that's my bad yeah. right there. So we, we have not. Uh, we will give away that pair of tickets or that – yeah, it's a pair, right? That's yes. what we got. We'll give those away at some point throughout the show today. And we're giving them away on, like, a lot of the shows today, so keep right. on listening all, all if day, you don't right. get them. If you don't win them on our show, you won't get – the tickets won't be as good probably because they're mm. coming from us. Um, you know, I, I can't speak – I have no idea. I'm sure they're fantastic wherever <laughs> uh, the seats are in this. Uh, we got Demetrius Harvey from the Florida Times Union coming up yeah. a little over an hour from now. Uh, discuss uh, his most recent article – on uh, free agents that the Jags should be interested in re-signing and what the priorities should be. So with that in mind, we're going to do reverse countdown with us today because I feel like we know what the top couple of issues we're going to agree on are with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So let's do it in reverse order to try to maybe at least build the drama to see if things get different the later we get into the show instead of building towards, hey, and that Josh Allen fella. Probably needs a contract, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Pockets, why don't you fire up number one in the countdown, please? Number one. There you go. Jump right to the good stuff, uh, Tony. Uh, I'll, we'll alternate today, see who goes first on these. But it is Josh Allen to me. I mean, they're going to get something done with him. They've got the franchise tag in their back pocket. But to me, it's more like the priority should be getting something done so Josh Allen is no longer a talking point going forward. Get a long-term deal done with him. And – the benefits of that are just, I don't know, tenfold, right? You're going to have a more happy Josh Allen. It's going to play well in the locker room. It's going to show guys that if you come in here, get drafted, and perform at a high level, you're going to get rewarded. It frees up the franchise tag to apply to Calvin Ridley. It doesn't carry this issue into the summer. It's not a talking point all summer long. Why couldn't they get this done with Josh Allen? It's not this cloud lingering over. When is he going to sign the tag? Then you get into next year. Are you going to go to the tag again? How long is he going to be here in Jacksonville? Just get a long-term deal done with Josh Allen. Obviously, they are not going to let him go. Like The franchise tag is there. He's not walking out for nothing uh, from this organization. As Trent Baalke said as much, he will be a Jaguar let him be a Jaguar under a long-term deal, please. Uh, Josh Allen, I, I do have the whole Josh Allen thing at number one, but I consider not even putting it on my list of five. That's how sure I am that it's going to be the franchise tag at this point. I like I just think the odds that they're going to get the extension done with Josh Allen and what that would allow for them some more flexibility. I think that's what the priority should be. I think in the end... Josh Allen's camp isn't going to take any offer that Trent Baalke is willing to make right now until they see what these other guys are willing to sign, and I don't think Baalke is going to be willing to make an offer that puts him close to that $30 million a year mark that I think he would be willing to sign without having to see what these other guys are getting in free agency. But because I think a lot of whatever Josh is going to get is dependent on that, and Trent Baalke's not going to make the offer that would make him sign it right now, we're going to see him on the franchise tag, and we'll see if they get the extension done at some point after that, after those other contracts come in. But the way it feels to me right now, they're not going to get anything done as far as an extension with Josh Allen until at least a couple months into the franchise tag window. I, I would love for them to get the extension done now. That'd be awesome. And to still have the tag to maybe use on Calvin Ridley, I just think the odds of that are so so low at this point. I, I the think process. they are too, but look, even if they get the extension done in the summer, it's not. 
as ideal as it would be to have no. the franchise tag available for somebody else. But th- if they get that done, it's still an accomplishment because it, it takes that his future He's here. Off the table. Right. There's no cloudiness. There's no chance that they're having to do this again next offseason. Correct. He's With here. the same guy. Yeah. And then you're talking about, are we going to escalate the franchise tag by 40% and all the, the, yeah. the different and calculations. And I think that's what's going to happen. I really do. I think he's going to be put on the franchise tag, and they're going to figure out what the extension looks like after that. But I think that's Balky's plan. I think his plan is we're going to use the franchise tag and then figure out the extension after that. I don't think... His plan right now is we're going to get Josh Allen on the extension so that we can use the franchise. No, tag I agree with that. Reason. I agree. But getting Josh Allen signed to a long-term deal is still priority one. Where, where, I'm look, with you. Ideally comes before the franchise tag deadline. I'm with you. I don't expect that to be. That would be a phenomenal win uh, right now uh, in the court of public opinion, I think, uh, for Trent oh, Baalke. Sure. Uh, one of the few that he could possibly have on the horizon. Even the haters would have to be like, got that one. Now, you know what? The haters would be, you should have signed him last year. You could have had him for less. Well, uh, maybe. Okay. If he would have taken but Oh, you don't think that would be the case, though? I know. You know it would be the but, case. You know, I, I talk to enough people when we ask the question, four years, 80. No, why would you spend that much on Josh Allen? I saw you. Right. I saw you all out there right. and saying now, it. And now you're saying we should have done it. Yeah. Like, settle down. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Like, if they had done that last year, they would have said you're paying him based on what? Right. These guys had, you know, 16 sacks over the last three it years. It wouldn't or have been me, but was. it would have been a large group of the fan base. No, it would have been. Yeah. And quite honestly, it would have been me. Like, I'm willing to roll the dice because, what you know, we sit here now in hindsight knowing Josh Allen had 17 and a half sacks. What if he had gone out and had seven and a half again? Yeah. What if he had? Well, that's the argument to not do it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, if that's the case, you're still giving – you're yeah. still probably franchise tagging. And I, you're probably not letting him go. Like, I understood when I asked the question, I'm way more confident that he's going to be a 12 to 15 sack guy than most people, right? Like, I had that confidence already going into last year. I could understand people not having it after the couple of years he had just had. I was confident he would, not 17, but I was confident he would be a, a double-digit sack guy at least. Uh, for the Jaguars last year, I'm glad he had a breakout. Right, here. doesn't matter really what we felt no. then now no. because we're at where we're at. So number one for us, obviously, get something it's done Josh. with Josh Allen, and yeah. and that's why we're doing the countdown in reverse. Not a whole lot of drama there. We know that's incredibly important for the Jags. We'll go throughout the course of the show today, counting down our own personal top five things that we feel like the Jags need to accomplish this offseason. Some of them a little bit hard to define. How do you know that this is accomplished and you might not know it until you see at least the 2024 season play out? So uh, you know how to get on board the program today. Demetrius Harvey, like we said, about an hour away. I got a three-round mock from our man Chad Ryder, as he promised. He would deliver one right after the Super Bowl, and uh, he has done just that. So we'll take a look at that from a Jags perspective as well. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL. Uh, George Strait? I'm guessing. I got like a one and three shot here. George Strait pockets? That's it. All right. Get a song? Uh, oh, no. Do I know the song? Yeah. Bro, I feel like I just won a cruise to the Caribbean for like getting George were, Strait. Yeah, if you were playing Stapleton and it was Tennessee whiskey, I'd have you. But that's the yeah, one that's I would know. Yeah, that's the song I know of his. Yeah. Huh? 
I said that's the only song I know. I know. Uh, I just, it's all that all that sounded like uh, gobbledygook to me. Yeah. But uh, I've heard the name Chris Stapleton, so there's that. Hey, look, they're, oh, I, I, I know he's crazy popular. talented. Yeah, right. That's fantastic. Like to each your own, right? I mean, don't listen, to old man Mike, about your musical taste. <laughs> you know, people just because he played that song doesn't mean we told you to call. This is so funny. I, I'm not. I'm not throwing out any cue to call because people just can't control themselves. Pocket. So at some point. We'll give you a cue to call. Mm-hmm. And when we do, if you're the right caller, you'll get tickets to that concert uh, coming up. A uh, couple here, Tony, before I go any further. Uh, this one, if it makes sense, it's a good business decision. The Jags won't do it. There's a lot of that going around out there that's on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, let's see. In terms of Josh Allen, somebody taking the other tact here. Are you not concerned at all about Allen not performing after he gets his contract? The guy hasn't been the guy for three of the four years here. Uh, I mean, y'all talked about cutting him a couple years ago. When? What? What are you talking about? Who talked about cutting Josh Allen? Like, we say a lot of things. There have been many things said on this show about Josh Allen. I have clearly been more confident in what Josh Allen was going to be than you were, and that's fine, right? Like, that's fine, but I certainly, you've never gotten close to saying cut him, right? And I'm the one who said last offseason, sign him to the extension before he had a second I, big year. Like, these, I don't know what. That's craziness. Yeah, I don't, I don't know at any point anyone on the station would have suggested cutting Josh Allen. If someone did, it wasn't us. And if someone did, then take it up with them. Um, Let's see, and they continue, Josh was the best player on a bad defense. Like, where was he when all those hurt and backup quarterbacks like Browning and Flacco and Baker were lighting us up, just hanging out in the pocket? Okay, they said Dan and Jeff said it. Well, if, if that's the case, I don't know if they did. Take it up with them. Take it up when with them. When you say you said to cut Josh Allen, we're on the air right now. This yeah. is not like the community channel. You're tweeting at this show or texting this show. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know, you know. I and I I'm not even believing that Dan and Jeff said it unless they confirm that that's the case. I I find it hard to believe no that they would have suggested cutting Josh Allen at any point in his tenure here in Jacksonville. And if they did, as you said, he's a it up Pro Bowler as a rookie. Yeah, and no matter how bad it got, I can't imagine anybody being that down on Josh Allen compared to the rest of what we've got here in uh, yeah. Jacksonville. But no, I'm not concerned. I, like, look, you have to take a chance on guys sometimes. You know, are you concerned with any free agent? That comes in and signs a big money deal. You know, um, am I concerned with Calvin Ridley? There's a level of concern, mm-hmm. but with Josh Allen, it's very minimal. I'm with you. I'm I think he's got that DNA. Close to not at all. It doesn't concern me basically at all. I'm not saying that it's not a possibility, but it's not going to be the thing I'm thinking about when I want to see him sign the extension. Right. Is I'm there not a subconscious, about like, I just got $25 million. I can relax a little? Maybe. Right? I mean, that's human nature. Maybe. Yeah. He doesn't not, strike me saying, as that type of guy. No, but it doesn't I'm not make saying it particularly to yeah. Josh Allen. I'm just saying in human nature, there might be a little bit of, I made it, right? Like, it could be. But particular to him, like, I think he's got less of that than the typical player yeah. does. I, I think there is That's my opinion. an argument to be made already that Josh Allen is the best pass rusher the team's ever had. Right, like I think there's an argument you can make after the year he just had. He's the best they've ever had. He's past Tony Brackens now in my mind as a pass rusher on this roster. So you have to debate him basically against two years of Calais. 
right? And whatever you got on his rookie contract from Jan. Those are the guys now you have to debate whether he's better. I'm not saying it's a great debate team, right, to have those arguments against. They're not all-time greats, but people act like I'm not saying that. And by the way, quite frankly, I don't care if he's the 10th best pass rusher in history or clearly number one. It doesn't really matter because at this point, who cares? You're not going to sign Tony Brackens in his prime. No. Calais is not coming back in his prime. No. Jan's not coming back in his no. prime. You know, so he's here. This is what you got. Yeah. He's among the best in the league right now. They weren't able to hold on, on to Jan. They didn't hold on to Calais Campbell. They have the chance to hold on to Josh. Do it. And by the way, if you want to say that, then, then no pass rusher is any good. Because I guarantee you, you know, because this person keeps going, what? answer the question. Where was he against these teams? Where was Micah Parsons in any game where he didn't have a sack this year? Where was T.J. Watt in yeah. any game he didn't? Josh Allen had 17 and a half sacks. Only T.J. Watt had more in the entire league. So he was in the backfield and getting quarterbacks down as much as almost anyone in football. That's where he was. Yeah. In any particular week, did he? That's the nature of sacks and pass yes. rush. That's, yes. that's football. If you've watched a little of it, you probably know that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, come on. All right. It's silly. Pockets, why don't you fire up number two on the countdown today? Going in reverse Number order. two. There you go. It's a big uh, big build-up to that one. Mm-hmm. All right, we're counting down uh, the five things that the Jaguars need to accomplish, the top five issues they have to address this offseason. I went first last time. You go first uh, on number two, Tony. Counting, we're counting them down for us from most to least important because we think it'll get more interesting yeah. as you get down into the weeds a little bit. I, I thought about splitting this one, but I did not considering I, I only have five doing. places. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> interior offensive line. Center, not because they don't have an option on the roster and under control for at least the next two years in Luke Fortner, but because his drop in play and lack of improvement in year two throws that door wide open uh, for speculation about looking at at least options to replace him this offseason. And guard included in there, obviously. Ezra Cleveland, a free agent. Brandon Sheriff is an aging vet. They could save $9 million by walking away from it. So there's the possibility that all three interior positions as starters could be open to some degree or another on this football team for a team that it wasn't very good at last year. So not only do they have to figure out what options they want to keep, but what improvement they can expect to see and how many of them need to be replaced. I'm with you, and I did the same exact thing. Interior offensive line. It's a three-for-one kind of deal yeah. here. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do something about center. Uh, you know, I think they should. I, yeah. I, I'd like to at least see competition brought in, even if it's not early. But you don't hear that kind of level of concern. Now, look, if the Jags are smart, they're not voicing that level of concern publicly, right? About, and they're not letting you know that, hey, that Jackson Powers Johnson kid could be a good fit in the middle of round one as a for instance. But as you said right now, who is your left guard? We anticipate the right guard position opening up as well. Uh, you saw Pittsburgh make three salary cap moves yesterday. At some point, the Jags are going to start making these moves in the next few weeks with Brandon Sheriff and those type of players who've got those big cap numbers that you can save some money on. So, um, you know, first round, absolutely a possible. At, at any point in the draft, I could see multiple picks being given to this group. Then you've got to figure out what do you have in Cooper Hodges? Is he somebody that can do anything for you? Do you try to bring Shatley back as a swing guy? There's so many different pieces here, and I think that's the easiest way to deal with it collectively. It is look, I feel like whether it's Robinson and Harrison or Walker and Harrison, in some combination right and left side, 
they've got two tackles that they could play with right mm-hmm. now on the roster. So whether Cam's here or not, that doesn't rise to this level of concern for me. And, and it's not just the protection for Trevor Lawrence, Tony. It's Travis Etienne going from 5.1 to 3.8 yards per carry. And I think it's a direct reflection yeah. on not being able to move guys up front. So I'm with you there 100%. Let's get Mike on the south side in before we hit a, a bottom of the hour break. Mike, you're on Jaguars today. Good morning. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Hey, back to the uh, discussion of whether to franchise Josh Allen yeah. or not. If, if they tag him, what's going to happen to Calvin Ridley? He's on the he's a free agent, right? Yes, yes, yes. He is, and that well, that's the big question, right? And that's why it would be it would really behoove them to get the deal done with Josh Allen and preserve that franchise tag so they could use it on Ridley. Because otherwise, I mean, look, here's things you could do. I'm not saying this is wise. Okay, you could franchise tag Josh Allen. You could give Ridley a deal that keeps him off the market before he hits free agency. Problem with that is then you give up your second-round pick to Atlanta instead of your third. I don't mm-hmm. think they have any interest in giving up their second-round pick in a deal to retain Calvin Ridley. So if you do franchise tag Josh Allen, then you're going to have to bid against the open market with Calvin Ridley. And, you know, hopefully, look, there are reasons Ridley would just want to settle down, right? He's from Florida, uh, another year in the system, more continuity with Trevor Lawrence, no state income tax, still a very competitive team. No matter how down we are right now, we're feeling bad about ourselves. They still had a winning record, and we're right there in the final week of the season to win the division and host the playoff game. So it's not mm-hmm. a team that's that far out of having a chance to you know, be in the mix in the postseason at least. So there are reasons why Ridley might choose to come here. But then again, Tony, what if Kansas City is one of those bidders, you know? Like, and hey, we could use somebody opposite Rasheed Rice out there and let's try to yeah. run it back and and hop on the gravy train and get number one for you and number three in a row for us. So absolutely, Mike. I mean, it's that's why it's so imp- – it'd be great if you could get a deal done with Josh Allen. I don't think it'll get done. Will Ridley factor into our countdown? Uh, he'll factor into mine in – some degree here as we continue on throughout the hour. Uh, pockets, as we head to break here, why don't we take caller number six at 641-1010. And give them, again, George Strait, Chris Stapleton, and who's the, the third act? Little Big Town. Little Big Town, man. That's the one. That's the one my wife's a big fan of. Uh, I've never heard of Little Big Town, but you probably have in the listening audience. So <laughs> if you want to go see, and what's the date on this concert again? May the 11th. May 11th. Wow, that's ways off. But mm-hmm. uh, sixth caller at 641-1010. Pockets will hook you up with a pair of tickets to that concert. And we'll have others given out throughout the course of the day here on 1010XL. So be patient. It's ringing right now. Pockets is doing some work. He'll get to you if you're ringing. Uh, he will deal with you in uh, short order. We'll come back, continue the countdown. We'll take a look at Chad Ryder from NFL.com projecting what the Jags might do for the first three rounds of April's NFL draft. And Demetrius Harvey on the way from the Florida Times Union in hour number two with Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark. I'm Mike Dempsey on Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010XL. Who's that third act again? <laughs> is this them? No, this is Stapleton. Oh, is it? All right. Jesse Whiskey. Like I told you, I don't know. I've heard the name. Uh, Pockets, do a do a recap. I'm going to play you. All right. Okay? And uh, you're going to play our winner of the tickets, Darren. Darren. 
Okay, Darren is the winner of the tickets uh, today. So congratulations to Darren. We'll have more tickets to give away throughout the day here on 1010XL. All right, uh, ring, ring. Uh, hey, congratulations. This is uh, Dylan over at 1010XL. You are our sixth caller. You've won the tickets to the George Strait. Yeah! Yeah, pockets! Yeah? That's what I'm talking about, baby. Why Bob's going to be so happy for me. Oh, nice. Whoa. I love that's exactly that. exactly how he did it. Is that right? That's I love exactly that. exactly how he did it. I lo- Pockets has a fan for life now, Um, at, you know, because he, he's the one who mm-hmm. picked up the phone, and that's how it works, man. Good for him. Yeah. I'd rather them go, like, and I hate how many times, Tony, over the years, we tell these stories all the time. People win something. What did I get? What did I win? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It drives me crazy. All me. the time. I mean, I don't care. We're giving it away anyway. I'm not keeping it, right? It doesn't matter. I'm not going to the concert. So we're happy to give away the tickets. I love that they went to somebody who is beside themselves out of their mind, excited to go see that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, it's great. You know, we did that. I told you, we did that one at, at a, a Super Bowl, uh, a Saturday show before the Super Bowl, where it might have been in Minneapolis, wherever it was, with Sirius XM, and... We had a whole room full of people, and all these bags of it was Tostitos was sponsoring it. And there was one bag of Tostitos, a little mini bag with a ticket on the bottom that basically said, You're the winner. (laughs) Literally one out of like this huge, huge bin. And drunk lady first in line comes up and pulls it on the very first one. Yeah. What'd I win? (laughs) And it was like J Lo concert tickets for that night. And like, I don't care about going to see J Lo in concert, but some people do. Yeah. You know, and guarantee, and this was like at noon. No way they made it. Kill they were the so, drama. they were yeah. so, they were so blotto at noon. <laughs> She's telling her husband, "We got J Lo." Okay, yeah, you're gonna be scraping you off the floor thirty minutes from now. But good luck. I'd sell them quick if I were you. But anyway, uh, congrats to Darren. So he's got the tickets. All right, uh, let's let's jump in with number three on the countdown. Then I want to take a peek. At uh, some other things as well. So, pockets fired up, please. Number three. Number three, big countdown. What are the top five issues the Jaguars have to address this offseason? This is addressed. This is not, this is one of those touchy feely ones. How do you know that you've addressed this? But for me, we, we already went get Josh Allen done on a long term deal, mm-hmm. right? Number two, we both agreed interior offensive line. Number three, for me, Trevor Lawrence figures out how to protect the football better, mm-hmm. right? And I, I don't know how you figure that out in an offseason, right? But this is something that needs to get better between now and the start of the year. He needs to become a more efficient player, a guy who protects the ball more. Somebody asked me on the text line this morning, I said, hey, you said yesterday not many folks uh, could win the oh, Super yeah, Bowl yeah. with that Kansas City roster. Do you think Trevor's one of them? No, I don't. In I'm, fact, like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure any of them yeah. could, right? That's like how good maybe Mahomes Burrow is. with the way we maybe. when he's hot right now. Right, maybe. maybe maybe I mean under certain circumstances, yeah. Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. There yeah. are, are certainly quarterbacks that are really really. The list is really small. It may be one. It, it, it maybe none. Yeah, it literally maybe none. So no, I do not put Trevor in that class right now. That he could elevate that team. That's the one thing he had. He had probably better. Uh, uh, at least a comparable pass-catching compliment mm-hmm. that he had. Because I think he had better receivers. Obviously, Kelsey is Kelsey as good as Evan Ingram is. Um, you know, the running backs, call it a push. Whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Not sure. to get too bogged down in that. Trevor Lawrence has said himself that's what he he needs to cut down on the turnovers. Right? It's it's the fumbles. It's the 
ill-timed interceptions in the opponent's territory. It's just, in general, they seem to come in bunches for him, Tony. He needs to become – I don't want to, to, to lose the gunslinger, right? He's got to still be the guy who – how did he get that ball to vaporize right through two defensive backs into Calvin Ridley's hands? You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like where it's like – Week one against Indianapolis. It's, it, yeah. it's almost like a trick of the light. Like how yeah. did that ball get by those guys? He's got the ability to make rare throws, and I don't want to neuter that ability. But damn it, man. You can't, you know, at, at, sometimes discretion is a better part of valor. I don't know how you do it exactly, but one of the big tales of how far the Jags will go in 2024, in my opinion, will be how much Trevor Lawrence can modulate his amount of turnovers to limit them. Look, it's one thing if you're late in the half and you're trying to be aggressive and throwing it downfield, fine, whatever. Uh, there, But just got to be more efficient than he has been. And, and put it this way, it's got to be a much stronger – Touchdown to interception, touchdown to turnover ratio. You got to have more productivity. Mm-hmm. You can stand, you can throw ten picks if you're offsetting it with thirty plus touchdowns, mm-hmm. right? So it's got to be that that ratio has got to be more in his favor. So that's number three for me. I uh, wasn't sure where I was going to have this on my list until I saw some numbers, and I was like, oh yeah, it's pushing up the list for me okay. because it was certainly something that I was thinking about when we had the idea for the list. I don't even know exactly how to say it. Three technique, defensive tackle, three, four end. However you want to call it, right? But somebody that gives them some kind of production from that position, I think it's a major priority for this team. And with Allen and Walker listed, obviously, as outside linebackers. So players on their depth chart that are listed as defensive linemen or defensive end, here's the production they got out of them last year. Five and a half sacks from all of them. 14 tackles for loss. What the hell? Right? (laughs) Like, from an NFL team to be getting that low of production from a group of eight, nine, ten bodies, right? Everybody is accounted in that. That's not listed as an outside linebacker. So you don't get credit for Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. Unfortunately, you don't get Caleb on Chase on, which would have almost doubled all your production, right? Like, those kind, they are so miserably low in production from anybody of those three interior defensive linemen giving them anything as far as production of affecting the other team's offense, that is a major question mark. And it's not because they didn't pay the money. They've been willing to spend. Right. For the last two years on that position, they just got absolutely nothing out of it, especially last year. Got to spend on the right guys uh, for sure. All right, uh, there you go. Uh, Tony, interior Defense or or defensive line just pass rush on the the down line man. Yeah, uh, and with them I'm playing a three four. Yeah, right. And uh, I'm going with uh, Josh Allen redu- or excuse me, Trevor Lawrence reducing the turnovers. Josh Allen can't do it all in one off season. <laughs> That's just your Trent all Bobby. by himself. Josh Allen, <laughs> Josh Allen, Josh Allen. That's where I'm stuck right now. Uh, all right, so send us your top five if you'd like. We'll read through some of those in the final segment of the show today. You can hit us up on social media with that. We're asking you the top five issues the Jags need to address this offseason for your Tuesday top five. Uh, we're, what, about uh, 30 minutes away from Demetrius Harvey coming your way here on Jaguars today. So let's take a quick peek at uh, Chad Ryder uh, doing a three-round mock over at NFL.com. We uh, talked to Chad last week. He said he'd have this coming out right after the Super Bowl, and we specifically asked him about Jackson Powers Johnson 
Tony, the guy with three last names. Can you trust a guy with three last names? <laughs> Oftentimes you get the 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 three-name guy, but mm-hmm. rare is it the three last names. Uh, but anyway, Jackson Powers Johnson in this one, uh, he had the Eagles, as he told us, he was going to have, yep. trading ahead of the Jags uh, to take him one pick before Jacksonville can get their grubby little paws on him. Not that I think they're going to go that way. I think it would at this point, granted that I'm not – a film studier of offensive linemen, but based on what the draft Nick community is saying about him, I would be fine with him as the Jaguars' middle of the first round selection. He's got him going Brian Thomas, wide receiver out of LSU, uh, and says if Calvin Ridley departs in free agency, which he very well may, the Jags need a downfield present presence to complement Christian Kirk and Parker Washington underneath. Keeping in mind, we might not have Zay Jones here, depending on uh, the cap situation as well. So it's got him going Brian Thomas in round one for the Jaguars out of LSU. A lot of people really like him. I see him uh, quite frequently in the top 20 picks in mock drafts mm-hmm. right now. All right, so moving on to the second round for the Jags. Javon Foster, Missouri offensive tackle, who's a senior. Now, again, is he projecting Cam Robinson's not a part of the mix here? You know, it, it's hard to know. Sure what the Jags are going to specifically need on the offensive line until we see how things play out before the start of the league year. But for now, he's got him going Javon Foster. And then one thing I appreciated from Chad here is that he is paying attention with the trade with Atlanta. He has the Jags third round pick transferring to the Falcons, but he does get the Jags a third round compensatory pick and one of the higher ones based on losing Jawan Taylor last year, which obviously makes a lot of sense. Let me see who they had uh, for the Jags here with the Atlanta pick, just out of curiosity. Uh, I know he had it transferring to the Falcons. Here it is, uh, Malachi Corley, a wide receiver out of Western Kentucky. We've we've already addressed that in round one, Tone, so we're fine there. Uh, But with the compensatory pick, Xavier Thomas, uh, an edge rusher out of Clemson, uh, going to the Jags with the 96 pick, like, Look, I don't know. Edge rush, I, I feel like I'd love for them to add some edge rush, but what's, I felt like last year it was clearly like maybe the top need of the football team. Now it just feels like you got so many things, especially if you invest a big number in Josh Allen and you've got a rising Trevon Walker. Mm-hmm. Can you afford to go edge rusher with a premium pick? Yep. I mean, they, you, they always say you can't have too many of them, but – you got to be able to field a team at some of these other spots as well, and uh, it's not. E- and we still need corner help, for yeah. instance. We they're yeah. deficient in a lot of places. Their their top two guys as pass rushers got the job done, right? And it's not that you can't still look to help that position Correct. out, you, in, especially you, you in the to. draft, right? right? Like it's that may be how the draft falls, so you still have that in mind. Uh, for the Jags going into the draft, but it doesn't feel like it did last offseason with the what the heck are you doing? But part of the what the heck are you doing was Josh Allen hadn't had that big year. Trayvon Walker hadn't had a double-digit sack year. Like, those things just happen. It brings the need for that down, but it doesn't mean that it can't still be addressed. There was a mock. Was it a PFF? You see the two-round mock that they put out yesterday, and it was – I forget how they put it, but – basically had him taken an edge rusher and said it would mitigate some of the issues with Trevon Walker or something like that. Like, can, I mean, can we not at least be happy that 
the guy we took number one overall did have a double-digit sack season in year two. Right. I mean, it yeah. does seem like at least the arrow's pointing in the correct direction for Trayvon Walker, whether or not he should have been the pick with that pick. He is the pick. He's the guy now. And he did take a significant step forward in terms of production last year. So I thought that was a little bit odd, going with a pure edge guy uh, as a first-round projection right there. But it, not – Completely uncommon. We've seen it out there. All mm-hmm. right, we'll continue the countdown on the other side of the issues the Jags need to address. Tony will take you around the rest of the National Football League. Demetrius Harvey about 25 minutes away from the Florida Times Union talking Jags offseason as well. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. Yeah, you know, uh, PFT just put out a little thing this morning about uh, – one of the bad refereeing calls that could have marred the Chiefs' final driver regulation. Do you remember the play, Tone? Travis Kelsey catches what looks like a first down, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden, like, you get up there and Mahomes has a short run on what you think is first and 10, and they're saying, that's another first and 10. Yeah. Like, how would that happen? Because they ruled that. They, they spotted the ball like two yards short of where Kelsey actually got to, and they called it second and one, which honestly, the way it worked out, probably helped the Chiefs, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes you'd rather have that second and one than a fresh set of downs because it's like picking up nine yards, boom, on first down. But yeah. at that circumstance, what if you get a bad snap? There were a bunch of snaps, by the way, in that game. Mahomes was picking them up off his ankles oh, yeah. all day. Oh, yeah. Creed Humphrey, greatest center in the world, right? <laughs> I mean, he has got a reputation of being maybe the best in the yeah. league, but he was rolling that thing back to Mahomes half the day, it seemed like. Well, and that that tells you it's why something like PFF can be helpful because PFF on the grade on the players, they're going to bad play, right, for Creed, like bad play. From the right. public, they're saying that's the best center in the league and they just won a Super Bowl. What are you criticizing? Right. Right? Like that's the public perception of Creed Humphrey. I don't. I didn't feel like he played all that well on Sunday, but he played well enough for them to win. Right. I, I And honestly, I don't know about the rest of his game, but yeah. just the, I, there are a lot of ones where Mahomes is just, like, deftly it scooping it up. several times, yeah. Like, right off his shoelaces, it seemed like. like And some big plays, too. Yeah. Like, holy smokes, yeah. man. And I do think PFF, as far as grading offensive line play, that's the weakest thing that they do because they can't know the assignments for everyone to play, that kind of thing. Like, it's hard to grade that without knowing the play. Right. And what someone's being asked to do. I think you can grade when you see, oh, it's one-on-one, he beat that guy, win. Right? Like, I think you can grade those kind of things. And keeping all that together, I think it's helpful. That's a useful tool uh, for fans and teams to have access to that information. But as far as offensive line play especially, like, you just you can't know what the assignment was. No, that being said – uh, I, I know Trent Williams, uh, several people pointed out to me, Trent Williams had more penalties than Jawan Taylor in the he game. Right? But he, according to PFF, he graded out over 90% in pass and run blocking, mm-hmm. which is very yes. hard to do in the same game. Um, you know, he said he's going to play a couple more years. Oh, man. Good for them. I wish we could have gotten yeah. him. I mean, he was he was on our wish list like he three was. years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. It was. He was. Oh, well. Can't have everything or, in fact, many things, apparently. Uh, let's go around the rest of the National Football League here. Now, gems around the NFL. 
brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The torn Achilles for San Francisco linebacker Drake Greenlaw has been confirmed after further testing. Greenlaw will be entering the final year of his deal with the 49ers in 2024, and the team could save $6.8 million on their cap if they were to move on from him this year as he now enters the the offseason having to recover from that Achilles injury. Despite some talk that Kansas City head coach Andy Reid might be thinking about retirement if the Chiefs were to win the Super Bowl for a second consecutive year on Sunday and get Reid his third title in five seasons now with the Chiefs, which now leaves him only trailing Bill Belichick six and Chuck Knowles four on the all-time list with Super Bowl rings. Andy himself has already said that he will be back in 2024 to try to become the first team to ever win three Super Bowls in a row, and the Pittsburgh Steelers and quarterback Mason Rudolph have mutually agreed to part ways. All right, uh, let's uh, continue our countdown of the top five issues the Jaguars need to address this offseason. Number four. There it is with a pause for dramatic effect right there. All right, I I went with Josh Allen getting re-signed to a long-term deal. Interior offensive line, those are my top two. Same with you. Yes. My number three was Trevor Lawrence becoming more efficient, protecting the football more, finding a way to cut down on the turnovers. Again, it's not something that you can definitely define by anything that happens this offseason. The evidence will be during the regular season. Your number three was? My three was defensive line, three technique, whatever you want to call it. Somebody on the defensive line that can give them impact as a pass rusher. All right, what's your number four? Uh, Number four, I don't even know how to word it. Is there a top-of-the-depth chart wide receiver on the roster? My number four is figure out wide receiver. Right. At, in 2020, <laughs> like, is there a guy that you feel like is the top-of-the-depth chart wide receiver? And if there isn't, then what? how do they put together the room to be as effective as they can be? Because I do think there's the real possibility that there's just not one there, right? If Calvin Ridley, I think, is going to hit free agency because of the way the Josh Allen thing is going to go, and I'm – Doubtful that he winds up back in Jacksonville if he hits free agency. Uh, when everything is said and done, I don't think Higgins is hitting free agency. I don't think Mike Evans is hitting free agency. Michael Pittman? Yeah. Do sure. anything for you? I don't think he's hitting free agency. Yeah. Like, I think Indianapolis is bringing him back on the tag if that's what they have to do. I, I tend to agree with the with the top three guys, yes. Yeah. I mean, since I, he's got over $60 million in cap space, yeah, by the I way. Think like the there's a real possibility that the best available to you could be Marquise Brown. And I don't think he's a bad player. And I don't think it's if Calvin Ridley isn't here that you don't consider Marquise Brown coming in, but you have to rethink what that wide receiver room is going to look like if you're bringing in Marquise Brown, right? To be a guy that you're adding to the room. I think it likely means that Zay Jones, who they could move on from this offseason, is here for his third year on that contract if they can't figure out something with Calvin Ridley. If they get Calvin back, I think they can move on from Zay and figure something else out mm-hmm. at that third or fourth wide receiver spot. But if they can't, I think Zay comes back and they figure, whether that be Gabe Davis or a, a you know Marquise, as we were just talking about, whether it be that the way they that's the way they do it, but trying to figure out what that would look like, or rookie. You know, like Brian Thomas, who we just saw in that, in that mock to him in the first round, but I don't think he comes in and he's the, oh, that's the one. Right? Maybe not like, the one, but I but could I think see that guy being re- in the starting lineup. From he day rearranges one. the room for him, and Big that's time. that's kind of where I was like, "How do I word this?" Like, right. what? It's more what does the wide receiver depth chart look like? Because there are options to get a guy that you can feel confident is that's the one going into the season. I think the options there are so slim. It's basically Calvin Ridley. 
are the options that they're going to have to make that kind of thing happen on their depth chart this offseason. See, I think you could take a guy – if you're taking a guy at 17 uh, in the draft, if you know, again, you only get one first-round pick. You can't address all these positions. But yeah. if they did go with wide receiver there, I think you're taking a guy that you think in short order is your number one. Whether that's immediately. Yeah. Right. It may not be immediately, but he's got to produce like, you know – Maybe not a you know not a twelve hundred yard guy right out of the gates, but he's got to be able to walk into the starting lineup. Oh, Otherwise, sure. what are we doing? If they here? draft a guy in the first round, he's going to be one of the three starters. To me, he should be one of the top two most prolific receivers, along yeah. with Christian Kirk. If you're taking a guy at that spot, now it's different if you bring it back Calvin Ridley on a short term deal and you're still drafting a guy pretty highly. Then you ease the pressure on that guy to perform at a high level immediately yeah. you walk away from Zay and he's at worst you're three at worst yeah. you're three maybe more important as the season plays yeah. out right and that that's the thing it's not just Ridley it's in part Ridley he's like the first domino you've got to figure out in this whole chain that's why if you could get the long-term deal done sure. with Josh Allen that simplifies th- things this would you. be man yeah. you know franchise Ridley tone and go draft a receiver in the first three rounds doesn't have to be in the first round and now you got Ridley for a year, maybe just a year, right? But Ridley for a year, Kirk, and a top three round receiver plus Evan Ingram, who just caught over a hundred balls, and you're still going to run the ball with Travis Etienne, and you can improve everybody's right. fortunes by working on that offensive line a little bit. That may be the best case scenario for the weapons that the Jags are able to throw on the field this year. But you got to figure it out step by step. You got to figure out the Josh Allen thing because then, okay, we don't have the franchise tag. What can we get done with Ridley? How much does he want to stay here in the same environment? And if not him, like, even if you get a Gabe Davis or a Marquise Brown, that to me is, and I know Brown's numbers have been decent, but I feel like those guys are a little bit more one-dimensional field stretchers. I think Brown's a little bit more of a complete receiver, but he's He's not. He really stretches the field. He's right, but he's yeah. not an NFL one. No, right, and so I would want that bigger six-two or larger, big-bodied complement. If you had Kirk in the slot and you had a guy like Brown or Gabe Davis stretching the field on the outside, and you had that big-bodied yeah. red zone target, you know, eighty-catch guy, uh, that could be something pretty interesting. But you got to figure it out, yeah. regardless. That's our number four on the list and the shame of it is this offseason there's so many things we're going to leave some important things off the list uh here today because you just can't get to them all no yeah with five uh things that you've got to address here um uh, we've got Demetrius Harvey coming up let me get a call in before we hit the break here uh with Demetrius from the Florida Times Union on the other side Mike you're next up here on Jaguars today good morning hey good morning fellas how are you we're well what's good. up I was thinking, you know, our biggest need definitely is offensive linemen, and I look at it from a value standpoint. If we get a defensive lineman, if we get a wide receiver, they're not, you know, an impact player every down. And as you guys know, the offensive line is a domino effect. It affects the running game, Trevor, turnovers. So I think from an impact, as far as every down on the offensive line, you get that impact player every down. Yeah, look, uh, we that was number two on our list behind getting – something done with Josh Allen, addressing at least the interior. Mm-hmm. You Look, you can argue the Cam Robinson situation sure. is one of the top five things. Do you keep him? Do you restructure him? Do you let him go, save $16 million against the cap, shuffle your tackles? 
use that $16 million to maybe plug a couple of other holes, maybe on the offensive line. There are a lot of ways to do it. But there are also – part of me in the back of my mind is like, at some point, I hope we get Trevor Lawrence as a fully realized, true franchise quarterback. Because, you know, were you I, – I, granted, the pressure got to Mahomes, I thought, a little bit in the first half. But did they not play without all-pro guard Joe Tooney for the last two games against the number one seed in the AFC and the NFC? Sure. And win that game? Right? I mean, in both of those games. So, I, granted, I, we all agree with you, Mike. Offensive line needs to be better. Trevor Lawrence is not Patrick Mahomes at this point. But you also, like, if you got a hole at left guard, which clearly the Chiefs have had in the postseason, you got to be able to overcome that with quarterback play in today's NFL yeah. uh, and, and scheming up blocking schemes and different things like that. But no question. Uh, offensive line, if it weren't for the fact that Josh Allen is – you can't afford to lose the impact that he gave you last year. O-line, I think, would be uh, on the top of many people's list, if not already on the top of a lot of mm-hmm. people's list. So, Agreed. not disagreeing with you at all there, Mike. Uh, Demetrius Harvey will tell us which free agent lineman the Jags should be interested in retaining. He joins us next from the Florida Times-Union. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark here with you. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL. Oh, yeah. Fixing them. Fixing the Jags today. Just follow the blueprint, Tony. It's not (laughs) that hard. Of course, we all know what the blueprint could be. A lot of the moves they need to make, or at least we feel they need to make. Will they get those done? Time will tell. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, joined now by Demetrius Harvey of the Florida Times Union. Demetrius, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. You know, um, wishing it was the Jags in the wake of celebrating a Super Bowl championship. Yeah, we would be day. talking about a parade route today. Yeah, absolutely. We'd be on a parade With the jet route. With and everything. Ah, be fantastic. Uh, but, yeah. hey, you know, we are where we're at. And uh, that's uh, with 31 other teams or 30 other teams looking up at the Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, today, we Tony and I are talking about the top five things the Jags need to address this offseason issues. You did a piece that came out, I believe, yesterday on – free agents that they need to consider retaining, some more important than others, obviously. Look, we all know Josh Allen's a priority for this team. What's your best guess on how the summer plays out with him? Yeah, I mean, to me, I feel like, I mean, the the Evan Ingram situation last year was a pretty good uh, idea of how the Jaguars might handle situations like that in the future. Um, and so I do think that Josh Allen's contract situation could be extended into uh, the June, almost July months, just because of, you know, that that's sort of how they have um, at least historically shown to, to, to negotiate contracts. So, you know, franchise tag him prior to the deadline and then sort of play it out from there. I think that uh, to them, maybe that makes sense just because they get a little bit of extra time to sort of let it play out. Do you like them handling it that way, or is there? Some, would you prefer them get the extension done now, even if that means giving him thirty million a year, and then figure something else with Calvin Ridley? To me, because of the situation they have with you know Ridley and and, and other free agents, and and wanting to get these things done on time, I feel like I, I would have already had signed um, Josh, maybe even 
last November or, or, or sometime before the season or whatever it may be, even if you wanted him to play out his fifth year option, I thought that, you know, getting him signed before uh, the end of the season would have been pretty, pretty fruitful. I mean, we see guys signed in season all the time. Montez Sweat signed in season. Um, I believe the, the Packers, I'm completely blanking on his name. I think Gary, uh, he yeah, resigned. Yeah. Yeah. He, he resigned in, in the season. So I don't see any reason why, um, they, they opted not to. Um, so yeah, I would have absolutely had him signed up before. And then at least at this point, you can sort of play around with Calvin Ridley. You might say, uh, can we use the franchise tag and, and save that second round pick? Or, or is there like another loophole that you can't get around or whatever it may be, you would just have more options. And so, yeah, I think that re-signing before, uh, this situation unfolded would have been fruitful. No matter what they ultimately do, Demetrius, they have to know mm-hmm. what these options are, right? They're not, I mean, like, yeah. people are like, oh, Trey Bulky's an idiot, right? He's not, like, 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 it's not like he can't read, right? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, he knows the basics of, it, you only have one franchise tag, so do you think, and I understand what you're saying, the, the maybe the blueprint's too strong a word for the way it went down the path with Evan Ingram, but do you think yeah. they at least make the effort to get, to see if they can close uh, the 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 gap between themselves and Allen's camp. We don't even know how big the gap is, you know, before the the deadline comes to apply the tag. Do they at least make the effort, in your opinion? Yeah, for and for for all we know, they sign a contract tomorrow. I mean, that that's not going to happen. But but yeah, to your point, there is a, an opportunity to get a deal done. I mean, they were negotiating with Evan Ingram's team early this time last year as well. And there was at one point that seemed like they were going to be close. And then, you know, it, it just wasn't. And, and that's sort of what Evan alluded to when, when he did sign, he thought it would be close at one point and then all of a sudden it wasn't. And so now they were at the point that they were at. So absolutely. I do think that there's an opportunity for the Jaguars to re-sign Josh Allen before all of this stuff sort of takes place. Um, and I also completely agree that, you know, Trent Balky is not an idiot. He's not sitting around, confused on oh wow the franchise tag deadline is is, is next week right? like you know he understands all of this trust me and and he thinks that this is the best way to put to play it is the best way to save the franchise money potentially and also to to get a, a deal that's perfect for for both sides and i think he 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 has a very strong sense of value at least his own sense of value and he's going to stick to it if they use the tag on Allen, which is what we expect at this point, at minimum they're going to do, but if they have to use yeah. the tag on Allen, what are the chances that Calvin Ridley is back here in Jacksonville? Yeah, I I, I really think that if, if they have to use the tag on Allen and, and they have to let Calvin sort of test the market, I still think it's about 50-50 um, because I do know that the Jaguars want him back. I mean, they wouldn't have traded for him if they didn't like him a lot. They wouldn't talk talk him up this whole time if, if, if they didn't like him a pretty good bit. Yeah. There's some things that he needs to get better at, but I mean, for, for him coming off of, you know, two years, basically, I thought he had a pretty good season. Um, so yeah, I do think that it's about 50, 50 because at, at the end of the day, as Calvin said, it's going to be a lot about money. So you're going to need to be able to pay the, pay this guy, whatever he, he wants pretty much 18 million, whatever it's going to be um, because he's going to be one of the top wide receivers on the market. So to me, I do think that there's a chance that he'll come back and, and it's not, a, it's not a small chance. And, um, but but it's really going to just depend on who's out there, what he's asking for, and what other teams are willing to offer. I can be really bad at projecting these numbers. Right? I remember a few years ago, Corey Davis, Tony signed that three-year, like $30 million deal mm-hmm. with the Jets. And I'm like, well, you know, DJ Chark's every bit the receiver that Corey Davis is, and DJ Chark barely got a sniff. So I feel like, Demetrius, like if – I thought Ridley would take $18 million. I'd have that thing lined up for him as soon as the <laughs> clock struck midnight. You know, uh, am I? Do you think that's a fair 
number something in that Christian Kirk range. Uh, is, I, go ahead. I I do, and, and I think that that makes sense for both sides, and it doesn't have to be a super long term deal. It can be a three year deal where you know Ridley's going to be about age thirty two when he's next up, and then you, he can he can go out there and sort of get paid again, depending. You know that'll be his last contract probably. So. I, I do think that that $18 million range, maybe approaching 20 would make sense to me. I mean, it, 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 it's not like he has produced at this level, you know, year after year after year, you know, he's, he's not a guy who, who is getting younger. So, so I do think that that would make more sense than, you know, sign him to a 24, $25 million deal. Do you think they're able to get a deal done with Ezra Cleveland before free agency opens? Yeah, he's another guy that I have on that list, and um, I feel like they traded for him a six-round pick. They talked a lot about his versatility. Played left tackle for the. He started at left tackle for the team at at one point. I mean, that just goes to show how much they they trust him at least. Um, so to me, I, I feel as though um, that's that's one of the players that they're definitely going to earmark and try to get back. I don't think he should be too expensive. He's he yes, he has had valuable years with the Vikings, but to me, if somebody was going to be willing to pay him in a crazy um, amount of money this offseason, they would have traded more than a six-round pick for him, right? So to, to, to me, I, I feel like the Jaguars sort of have that in the bag if, if they want him back, and uh, I guess we'll just see how it plays out. Would you want him back? Like, if you're in charge, think, do you think it's a good move? I think so. I, I, I think that him coming back, especially, you know, it, it's not necessarily what he showed last year because he didn't show a ton you know it's not like we were sitting there thinking oh man elite play out of Ezra Cleveland every week but you know he showed enough to me I feel like if you're going to have depth um, you're you're not getting younger at that position Tyler Shatley to me could retire uh, Brandon Sheriff could could be cut um, and then what else do you have as depth you know you already got rid of Ben Barch you know uh, so 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 there's there's not much out there I feel like you know bringing back a guy who's in your system who you like just makes sense what are your thoughts on Trey Herndon yeah, and then the the last guy, Trey Herndon. You know, he to me, I, I don't know if this is the same way for for you guys, but I was kind of surprised to see he's only twenty seven years old. Um, you know, I, I thought you, you would think he would be a little bit older. He kind of steams that way, just in interviews and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this guy's been with the team since twenty eighteen. Uh, it seems like every year that he's been on the field, he gets better. I thought that he was pretty good last year. I mean, considering everything else around him, um, and I know he only played on passing downs near the end of the run but I, I still feel like he's not going to be too expensive and again you're sitting with a situation where Darius Williams Tyson Campbell are both going to be uh, free agents next year after 2024 if if you don't re-sign them so you're already going to be down a bunch of defensive backs um, in 2025 potentially uh, so you want to go ahead and bring back a guy who can uh, you know give you depth allow you to play him at nickel if you need to at some point and uh, sort of move forward with that with that rotation. Talking here with Demetrius Harvey of the Florida Times Union. Uh, you mentioned Tyson Campbell. Like, you know, a lot of people now mm -hmm. are saying, oh, we should have given Josh Allen the contract last year. Could have saved some money. Well, you could do that with mm -hmm. Tyson. But I, I, if you do that, there are going to be people going, well, wait a minute now. He's a lot of potential, but he hasn't proven it. You know, it's always that do I strike soon or do I wait and, and make him prove it a little bit? What would your approach be? What do you think their approach will be as well with Tyson this offseason? I think that they're going to let him play. I mean, they, they let Josh play. They let mm -hmm. other players play. So so it, it makes sense. They're, they're going to let him play out his deal and sort of reevaluate afterward. You know, will they have to use a franchise tag, things like that. I, I don't see them signing him to a, a long-term deal. And honestly, if you're Tyson, it might behoove you to go ahead and play this year because I don't think he's going to get as much money as he would have gotten uh, maybe after the second year, you know, for example. So 
um, yeah, I, I do think they're going to sort of let that play out and, and, and reevaluate after the season. We've talked through the in-house options that are scheduled to be free agents here in about a month, but mm-hmm. where do you expect them to focus their money in free agency outside of the building? Yeah, it, I mean, that's going to depend, obviously, on who hits free agency. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a, a defensive tackle, I feel like it's still something that they can hit on pretty hard. Obviously, if Chris Jones comes free, that's something pretty easily you would go after. But I don't, I don't think he's necessarily going to. Uh, Christian Wilkins would be interesting to me, you know, a, a guy from Miami who, who's played well at times. Um, not, now, would he cost a lot? Yeah. And so you have to sort of reevaluate that position group. You know, what are you doing with Foley Patakasi? Um, you know, is Roy Robertson Harris somebody that you're going to continue moving forward with? Guys like that. So, um, but, but yeah, I, I think that focusing on the offensive and defensive lines, that's sort of where you can kind of expect at least something to happen, maybe depth purposes. It might not be a star player, but it's going to be something there oh. uh, so they can get so they can get more depth. They have to, right? So. Bro, if they sign Christian <laughs> Wilkins, I may swoon. Are you kidding me? I, I <laughs> like I has played well at times. That guy is a beast, man. I think Christian <laughs> Wilkins is outstanding. I would love Absolutely. to have Christian Wilkins on this football. Like I, I am not allowing myself to dream that dream right now. <laughs> that that you know, because here's the thing, Demetrius, as we know. Mm-hmm. They don't have the money right now to even apply the franchise tag to Josh Allen. You you can create it, okay? And the biggest chip in this whole thing, and assuming, you know, Brandon Sheriff is one that we think they'll move on from to get the cap savings. What's your best guess as of today, February 13th, happy early Valentine's Day, uh, will Cam Robinson be a part of this roster this year? Yeah, I've gone gone back and forth about this for so long. And, and, I mean – to me, it makes sense for him to be back, but I, I, he's not going to be back at that number. I, I, I can't believe it. So, um, to me, I think that he's more likely going to be released um, and maybe reevaluated after that than maybe a contract extension or a, whatever they could do to sort of get that number down. But to me, I, 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 if I had to guess right now, I don't think I don't think he will be there. With all the conversations you've had the opportunity to have with media members or fans since the mm-hmm. season ended and getting ready for the offseason, we've talked obviously a bunch about the big stories with what's going to happen with Josh and Calvin and these guys, the in-house options. Is there a need yeah. that should be being talked about more than it has been, in your opinion, to this point? Hmm. That's a really good question. A need that hasn't been talked about yet? Um... Honestly, we probably, probably we've gone through pretty much everything. Sure. Um, I, I I guess kicker is the one situation that no one's really talking too much about, and I mean, it, maybe it's a small thing. Uh, Brandon McManus is a free agent. They brought in Riley Patterson, so clearly kicker is something that they're going to be uh, looking at hard this off season. So maybe in the in free agency, I don't know who's out there, but maybe in the draft as well. Uh, I think kicker would be a, a position that they're going to hone in on. It, it would be odd, right, to go, hey, we got to upgrade from this guy who doesn't have much leg strength. And then a year later <laughs> after the team that picked him up cut him during the season, presumably for the same reason that you'd bring him back and expect it to be right. much different with Riley Patterson. But, like, uh, by the way, he's one of uh, 14 guys they announced today they signed to reserve future contracts. I think the most interesting ones on there are guys like Tavon Campbell and Eric Howitt. Uh, some mm-hmm. you know some of the defensive backs based on you know just what they have right now. Not a whole lot of depth in that uh, secondary at corner. Uh, you know, Demetrius, just put us in charge. We know what we need to get done here, man. I, I feel like yeah. like we could approach Josh Allen's camp and he would be amenable 
to taking our money. But uh, what does that so easy, to right? see? It, right? It seems like it's simple, right? We all know the the formula. <laughs> Just take Shad's money and splash it around a little bit. All right, my man. Uh, everybody, go check out because even though we mentioned the names, you want to read uh, Demetrius's work and get into the details of of why he feels each of these guys would be a good fit and what kind of the market might be for them out there. So go check out his work over at the Florida Times Union, as always, and on social media at Demetrius82. Demetrius, appreciate it, bud. I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Thanks for the time today. I appreciate it. You guys have a good one. All right, buddy. There he goes. One of the best uh, covering the team out there from the Florida Times Union. Demetrius Harvey here with us on Jaguars today. Let's come back. Tony, give our number five in the countdown, going Mm -hmm. uh, from most to, uh, I guess, least important amongst the top five it's they're all important yeah. the things that need to get done but what are the issues the Jags need to address this offseason we'll look at some of your top five submissions as well when we return in a moment this is Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM this is Jaguars today on 1010XL yeah I I, I really think that if, if they have to use the Tiger on Allen and, and they have to let Calvin sort of test the market I still think it's about 50-50 um, because I do know that the Jaguars want him back. I mean, they wouldn't have traded for him if they didn't like him a lot. They wouldn't talk talk him up this whole time if, if, if they didn't like him a, a pretty good bit. Yeah, there's some things that he needs to get better at, but, I mean, for, for him coming off of, you know, two years, basically, I thought he had a pretty good season. I'm not going to disagree. I thought he had a pretty good season. I grant, Granted, some drops, some miscommunications, things like that. You have to evaluate internally what your coaching staff you think that's all correctable stuff? Is that part of the knocking the rust off aspect, even though Calvin said there's no rust? There's no rust, right? Like, that's how players think. Um, but definitely figuring out the wide receiver situation was number four on our list of our top five issues to address this offseason for the Jags. We'll finish our countdown here in a moment. Let me get Harry and Mandarin up uh, at 6411010 with a thought. Harry, you're on Jaguars hey, today. Guys, I, I just don't understand this. Why we're always broke. And we don't play a Khalil Mack. Is it? Do we have Bortles? Do we have uh, uh, Jack Del Rio still on the payroll? And I, I just don't understand why we're always broke and how these other teams can pay players. Maybe someday you guys could do a breakdown on what you, what what the Jaguars do far as how many players and where we stand. Because I just don't understand why we're always broke. We're not. They're not always broke. Harry, I don't know what you're talking about. The the Jags, for most of Shad Khan's tenure, spent the most money in free agency of any mm-hmm. team in the league. Uh, this idea that they're always broke. The teams, look, look, you want to see a team that's broke? Go look at the Saints. Every year, they're like yeah. 60, 80 million over the salary like, cap. Even the conversation we were having there before we, we closed out with Demetrius about the Wilkins thing. If they wanted to sign Wilkins, they'd figure out a way to sign Wilkins. Sure. Right? They'd find the money to make that kind of deal if that's the deal that they wanted to make. And by the way, if they go to Shad Khan, if if Balky and Peterson go to Khan and say, this is what we want to do, we want to sign this guy, it's going to cost this much, he'd say, do it. Sign him. Right, that's what you think's the best. The Jags have entered free agency with some of the most salary cap space. Now, not the last couple of years, but they are in the positive this year. They just don't have enough to cover the franchise tag. That doesn't mean they couldn't yeah. get that in one move. And it's... They made an offer to Allen Robinson. They made an offer to, you know, Unique, right? They made competitive offers to these guys. Those guys said no. Right. Right. There's nothing you can do about that except you want him to, what, overpay? Unique would have made more money taking that offer than he ended up making. He's cost himself 
Correct. Millions of dollars by walking away from the deal the Jags offered, and that's that's on him to make that decision. They made Allen Robinson a very competitive offer. He said no. That's that's okay. That's the player's prerogative too to say no. But it's not. They didn't not continue their careers here in Jacksonville because the owner's cheap. That's that's just not true. That that's the reason that it didn't work out. There were reasons that it didn't work out, but it's not because the owner said, I'm not paying these guys. Absolutely. And it's look, never been the case. Uh, and by the way, uh, just looking at cap hits this year, Christian Kirk, $24 million. Yeah. Okay, they're, they're, If you're asking, who are they paying? Well, Brandon Sheriff's 24 He'll probably be gone. So yeah. you're going to save a bunch of money there. Foyer, it's $22 million. Cam Robinson right now, $21 million. And then you got a bunch of guys in that 10 to $12 million range. They paid a lot of guys. They're not broke. By any stretch, right, right now, at the moment, they're middle of the pack in terms of the available cap space. They yes. can create a lot more. It's just that at this moment in time, they don't have the space. They don't need it today, yeah. however. All right, uh, let's fire up that 1010 Take Pockets. 1010 10, 10. Take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 1010 Take, brought to you by Leonard Truck Accessories. All right, um, I'm going to you know kind of deviate off my top five here with one Okay. that uh, I wasn't planning on going with, but there's so many to cover here. Uh, top five issues that the Jags need to address this offseason. For me, Josh Allen getting a long-term deal, interior of the offensive line getting bolstered, Trevor Lawrence figuring out a way to be more efficient, cut down on the turnovers, figure out the wide receiver position. I initially had corner in there, mm-hmm. certainly could have gone with D-line like you did earlier, Tony. I'm just going to say this, and, and I'm kind of stealing this from somebody who submitted this, Draft more impact players, like guys that, that, granted, maybe Brenton Strange and Tank Bigsby have long, successful careers here in Jacksonville. This team right now needs, with their second and third round picks, you're talking about top 100 players, even if it's a compensatory third round pick. These guys need to walk in and, if not take a job outright, be competing for a starting job the moment they arrive in their first practice in Jacksonville. You need you got that out of Anton Harrison. You got very little impact out of your second and third rounder. This is a team that needs to be more economical. They're not going to have their own third round pick. They they don't have the most salary cap space, so they can't decide anybody they want in free agency, Tony. They need to have walk-in day one started more than one out of this draft. They need to do a better job on finding guys that can make an instant impact, in my opinion. Is it the number five issue? It is for me today. That mm-hmm. could change by tomorrow, but I, I wanted to highlight that at least. Well, I think we've done, you know, 10 years of this show, right? We've been talking Jaguars football for 30, you know, and it's there's been plenty of years where getting ready for the draft, the team's been bad enough that it's like, well, yeah, whoever they take in the first three rounds is a day one starter. Obviously, they stink. Right, like that's the that's been the way that it's felt. Well, last year going into the draft, it was like, okay, we'll see what they get out of these guys. Right, like that was the attitude even coming out of the draft. It was questionable. Why are they going tight end? Right, second round, running back, third round. Okay, like they obviously feel very comfortable with where the roster is. They had just won a playoff game. They're very comfortable with the roster. They didn't do anything in free agency. This year, we're having a whole show today talking about the needs for the team. These are not small needs, right? All three positions on the interior of the offensive line. Somebody on the interior of the defensive line that can give you something. What does the top end of the wide receiver depth chart look like for this football team? And I do have corner at number five on mine. These are not small needs. These are also not needs that you can look at the draft and see easily a path. There is a path to somebody on the first two days of the draft can step in at any of these spots and be a starter. Sure. Right? Like all these spots, this is typical 
of the league for players drafted at these spots that we're talking about to step in as a starter, have an impact for you as a rookie, as opposed to our second or third tight end at best, our third or fourth running back at best. And then you got less and less impact as you went through the draft. They, The only other impact they got from the draft was the guy that wound up, he had to play because they needed somebody that could return kicks. Right? Parker may not have played all year. Correct. If Christian doesn't get hurt. May got a not little bit at Antonio Johnson late. Right, and that's okay for a sixth-round pick. Sure. I'm not saying that that's not enough for a sixth-round pick, but second and third-round picks need to be guys that, yeah, the roster is at a point now, and today's discussion and the discussion we've been having since the season ended points to they're not a roster that can afford to, yeah, we'll see what these guys look like in two years. They're a roster that needs somebody to come in at spots where they need impact now because they're not getting it from their roster with the guys that they had last year. By the way, Tony, no, Parker Washington is the sixth. Antonio Johnson was a fifth. And yeah. I know because I threw him in the middle of your conversation and want people, Tony thinks that he went in the sixth round. I just, oh, yeah. I just know. I'm just trying to preempt <laughs> that one out there for you. I will say this. Um, everything you said, I don't disagree with, but somebody really put a good one on there at Crystal Clear 55 on uh, the X machine here. Mm-hmm. Number one on their list, stadium. Huh. That's. That's pretty good, mm-hmm. actually. You know what? I mean, you, you think about it. I think I'd have to have that in my top five as a franchise. Does that mean what makes them most competitive on the field Keeps this year? Here. But is that an issue that I want to see addressed this year? I yeah. think I may honestly, like, I, I, I was looking at it through a certain prism. Yeah. But that could easily be number one on my yeah. list. I think we'll know whatever's going to happen with it this summer. I hope is so. Is what it feels like the timeline is on all that, but certainly. That being high on anybody's list makes sense. I'll give them the rest of the list since uh, that one was a very uh, good point. Stadium, O-line, Josh Allen, D-tackle, and salary cap issues. It's working it out. So, uh, good job there uh, throwing stadium in the mix because that was not an angle we were looking at it from. But no question. It's a good call. I mean, that that is – when you talk about the long-term stability of the franchise, you may lose Josh Allen. You you can't lose – the stadium deal, right? No. You got to have the stadium deal because then you lose the because then you lose it all, right? Uh, eventually. Um, all right, uh, let's say hello to our good friends with XL Primetime. Now the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com/careers. Equal opportunity employer. Big Sirs. What's good? Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, we're just discussing today. We do a Tuesday top mm. five uh, top five issues for the Jags to address this offseason. Some of the obvious ones, right? Yeah. Josh Allen, what are you going to do at wide receiver, interior of the offensive line? Give me something like a little bit deeper cut. What's something that maybe we're not talking about enough that you'd like to see the Jags address Address this yes. culture. That's a good one. Yes. Absolute culture. Identi- identify yourself on what you're going to be this season. And what do you want them to be this season? Oh, uh, You know, I-, I want them to be um, more resilient. Um, Gritty, not pretty. Yeah, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I want them to have some kind of uh, pit bull about them. I mean, you don't you don't go 8-3, and three, number one C, and just all of a sudden fall off the cliff. Something's wrong. Something's wrong organizationally. Something's wrong with coaching, play calling in that locker room. So that culture has to build up. I think it's another good one. You know, uh, like one of mine was uh, Trevor Lawrence needs to learn how to be more efficient, not turn it over as much. But you're mm-hmm. not going to know that, right? It's much like culture. You won't know that. Until you get to December, how's the culture of this team played Absolutely. out, right? Absolutely. But that's that's when the groundwork has got to get done. Got a lot, 
things on the checklist this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, absolutely. Long like, laundry list. Like the like some of the, the, the tangible stuff, get that contract but, done, get this contract but done. But you know but, what? All the other thirty one teams do only one team holds the Lombardi. You're right about Every, that. All thirty one teams got something to work And on. are they a flawless team? No. no. Right. So when we look at well, how can we do we didn't address this. You can't address it all. True. You simply can't. And look, the Chiefs played without an all-pro left tackle and beat Baltimore and San Fran yes. in back-to-back games without Joe Tooney, Absolutely. one of the best linemen in Absolutely. the game. So, overcome. I, I tell you what I always did in the offseason uh, when I thought about it. I said to myself, don't let you be the problem. You Don't let you, whatever, whatever you did last year, don't let that be the problem this year. Are you a part of the solution? Yes. I always said that. I always said it to myself. Leon, don't let you be the problem next year, this upcoming season. Uh, if everybody took that approach, hell, you'll have a hell of a team. Well, people ask me every day, what have you done to make 1010XL better? I say, I stopped talking at noon. <laughs> That's what I do and give it to XL primetime. So what's coming up, Leon? Uh, well, listen, we, we're going to look at the, the end of the Super Bowl, and we're going to look at the free agents that played in the Super Bowl and see if they're – I'm pretty sure they'll be a nice fit here in Jacksonville. Yes. We'll see if we can we'll take you know, pick up the litter. Hell, what? I'd take Juwan Jennings. He's restricted free agent. I'd yeah. take him at the right price. You know, absolutely. There, there are plenty of guys. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would like. So board. that's what we're going to talk that. We're going to talk uh, free agency, Super Bowl, and we're going to talk Jags. All right. That's uh, that's what we do around these parts. That's right. We're going to have a great show. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Big Sirs coming your way with XL Primetime. For the next three hours, uh, Tony Smith, what you got laying out for you today? Anything? Nothing. Me either, bro. I'm going to go hit some balls and and uh, maybe go for a walk around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And gosh, man, this is like my my normal person Saturday is what <laughs> Tuesday is. I love it, man. I'm done at noon and uh, off we go. But uh, last full week on Sirius XM, so I'll be uh, I'll be a slacker come mm-hmm. next Monday, mm-hmm. man. But uh, at least for the off season. But uh, for today, that does it for us. Thanks for playing along. Appreciate all the feedback we got. Got a lot of the same things. What I'm going to try to do today is pull out some of the outliers, right? Like okay. everyone says, Josh Allen, right? Okay, we all agree, us included. You can't leave him out. Uh, wide receiver Calvin Ridley. You got to figure these things out. But what are some of the outliers? I thought that one about the stadium was. Excellent to kind of bring that back into focus. So um, for Pockets, Pockets, semi-decent job today. You made Darren happy, hooking him up with the tickets. Woo. So that (laughs) – woo. We got more tickets to give away uh, to that concert throughout the afternoon on 1010XL. So be uh, tuned in, as you always are, we hope. Uh, For Tony Smith, for Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. Thanks to Demetrius Harvey for joining us. More on the Jags tomorrow. You know where, right here from 10 to noon on 1010XL, 92.5 FM.